0: Is this him? Is this you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cute. White, but cute. <laughs> what I don't understand is, why did he come back? Uh, I don't know. Why is he still here? He's stuck. That's what it is. He's in between worlds. You know, it happens sometimes that the spirit gets yanked out so quick that the essence still feels like it has work to do on here. Would you stop rambling? I don't think I'm rambling. I'm just answering a question. He's got an attitude now. I don't have an attitude. Yes, you do have an attitude. We have a little discussion. If you didn't have an attitude, you would not have raised your voice to me. Now, would you? Oh God damn it! Oh, don't me, you God damn it me. me! Don't you take the Lord's name in vain with me? You understand? I don't take Will that. you back. relax? No, you relax. You're the dead guy. You want me to help you? You better apologize, because oh, I don't Jesus. take that from me. My... Jesus I'm, I... I'm leaving. Nobody talks to me like that. You understand me? Now you better apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay? Now, would you sit down? Please? He's apologized. I need you to tell Molly what I'm saying, but you have to tell her word for word, all right? Word for word. Yes. He wants me to tell you what he's saying word for word. Molly, you're in danger. Now, you can't just blurt it out like that and quit moving around, will you, could you're starting to make me dizzy. I'll just tell her in my own way. Molly, you in danger, girl. What are you talking about? I know the man who killed me. He knows the man who killed him. His name is Willie Lopez, and I know where he lives. His name is Willie Lopez. He's Puerto Rican. He knows where he lives. Write it down. He wants you to write it down. You
1: write it down.
0: I ain't no damn secretary. Just, just do it. Oh. he's so testy. to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your hosts,
2: Eric Branstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy, coming to a speaker near you right now. Welcome to the Cinema 9 Podcast. That's right. It's our latest episode, the one that we will be doing right now, the one you're currently listening to. I'm Michael Govier, Cinema 9 Pod at ProTimeMail.com. Emails are always welcome. Travis Roy, Eric Albert-Brandstrom, the three of us are here. We're going to be talking about Ghost, a 1990 film selected by Travis last week, a film that we will cover in great detail later in the show. Travis, how are you and are you excited to talk about Ghost?
3: It's all happening. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about Ghost. I'm excited to do this podcast and talk about movies and, you know, do the thing that uh, has has kept me going for the past year in a lot of ways. So cheers to y'all. Let's do it.
2: Beautifully, beautifully said. Yes. I cheers Travis with says- water.
3: They say, that's, they say that's bad luck, but I did it anyway. Oh, I drink water all the time <laughs> on the show. Here, I'll join you. Oh.
2: Ah, it's delicious, musical. Delicious. We welcome you guys to the show. And Eric Ranstrom, how about this? Well, well, how are you? Dead air. I'm excited to be here. That's bullshit. Why didn't it work? That's a bunch of <laughs> shit. I'm pissed. There's no reason why it shouldn't have worked. Let me try it again.
3: Hey, there we go.
1: So <laughs> All right, we'll save it for later. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm feeling very tender tonight. Love Bill Medley.
2: You know, it was produced by a man who murdered someone and then died recently. Is that right?
3: Oh yeah, Phil Spectre. Phil Specter, yeah. The wall of yeah. sound? Yeah. Wall of sound. How you feeling, uh, Eric? Are you sick? Are you feel are you better? Yeah, are you How's normal your
1: again? I'm one hundred percent. I'm feeling all great. Right. Hey, all right. right Woohoo! We're
2: well, all very excited. I'm really I'm happy happy for
3: you, man. You, you deserve that. One, one out of four helmet? episodes where Eric is healthy. All right. <laughs>
2: yeah well tomorrow i'm getting my uh, second shot i'm very excited i'll get to rejoin society soon yeah. I'm starting to look forward to it and yeah. uh imagine what it's like to talk to people face to face and mm-hmm. uh, i actually will i'm actually looking forward to it i'm gonna appreciate people more and i know that may probably a cheesy line at this point most people are saying you know i'm gonna appreciate people more because i've been so isolated but it's true
3: i mean the cdc announced today that you know Vaccinated people don't have to wear masks indoors or in public anymore, and this is huge news. Let the orgies and karaoke nights resume. It's big, big (laughs) time. I'm excited
1: because that's what we did. (laughs) Yeah, well, one of those
3: things. Who's doing (laughs) the karaoke? Start the orgy. I thought you were talking about the orgy.
2: All right, yeah, so we're going to talk about Ghost. Does it hold up or not? Uh, well, special thanks to Steve Palo last week. He did a great job yeah. on the show. We had a really solid show with Steve and got some good feedback, so thank you, Steve, for that. Of course, uh, we would like you guys to possibly rate the show five stars. Now, I don't like to harp on it too much, but, you know, Apple Podcasts has the ability for you to give us a five-star review. And if you do so, there's not really much we can offer you in return except our gratitude and thanks, so... Consider taking the time to do that. But before we get into our quarantine viewing picks, we do have an email. So let me get what? off on the... Yes, we, this is a real email. This was not <laughs> even solicited. This is a legitimate
3: email. I mean, we, we asked nicely for people, for people not to send emails. I don't know who this person is, but I'll, <laughs> I'll entertain it. <laughs> Let's hear
2: it.
3: So, so I'm checking...
2: Uh, this is from chudpud at gmail.com. I'm not Ooh. kidding. So, so I'm checking out your Get Shorty podcast, and I have to take umbrage with you sick fucks You've Got Mail is not a cute romantic comedy you should come away feeling good about. It's a goddamn psychological horror about a man stalking, manipulating, and gaslighting a vulnerable woman. That psycho used information gained from those emails to get to know her and manipulated their relationship to a position he wanted. Crazy town fuckery. This is not acceptable. His name, Joe Fox, should have rang some bells, but nope, nobody noticed but me. Terrifying. Cat Kelly in a sequel is trying to escape an abusive relationship or she's already dead. And Joe Fox is manipulating the police investigation of her disappearance. <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Chud Pud. uh, some fair points there. And I, I actually, I wanted to cover some of that, but I felt kind of rushed because we had Steve on and I didn't want to, I didn't want to take too long on uh, the reviews of my films, but I did definitely notice that in the film.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree. I feel like it's one of those things from that movie that, people kind of recognize now but you know you go back and watch a shop around the corner and the same thing takes place uh, with jimmy stewart so like there's not to excuse it but like this is this is an integral part of that story is the deception on the part of the man which maybe that means there won't be this movie being remade into like a ninth time because it's been like a play it's been a book it's been like a movie like it's been multiple multiple things so maybe that is the death knell of that particular run (laughs) I, I, I
1: love You've Got Mail. I watch it every year at Christmas. And Kathleen Kelly, as portrayed beautifully by Meg um, Ryan, is um, completely complicit in this uh, cyber relationship from the get-go. So I don't know what this
3: uh, – I appreciate wow. the email, but I don't see well, the point at all. The, the point comes in the movie where Joe Fox gets – he knows something that she doesn't like she you know like, the, like it's all even and then he he learns something and yeah her are and he
2: and uh, looking in the window they find r- out it's her.
3: exactly so, and and he uses that to his advantage um but you know i mean like he also kind of like sets it up so that she has a choice too i think in a way like he wants or at least he wants to like make sure that she likes him as a friend as a person i don't know you can't really excuse it necessarily it is deceptive but like it's also you know fucking uh, like 90s rom-com so like you know my standards are low
2: <laughs> It's yes they are uh, i uh, i wish we had a woman on the show that could give us a woman's point of view on this really if in only the end, we're all, if only yes uh, we have had women on the show we will continue to have women on the show but we don't have one today so i'm just gonna leave it at that i agree with chud pudd i think it really did kind of Get ridiculous, but it is dated and not just for the AOL shit. It's dated because maybe uh, you know, gaslighting somebody like that isn't cool. But maybe Eric's point's valid. There's some complicity. We all have to take responsibility for our individual actions.
3: I, I disagree that we are sick fucks, but I also wonder if Tud Pud <laughs> has caught the film Top Gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all about intent, man. What is yeah. Joe Fox's intent? You tell me right now. Is it to have a loving relationship <laughs> with a beautiful woman and also own the biggest book conglomerate in New York City, or is it just for him <laughs> to have this uh you know, nebulous affair and take advantage of a young lady whose job is on the line? We may never know thanks to the great Nora jumping to the grave. Maybe they should just listen to this song and everything would have gone great.
2: Okay, yep. thanks chad Pudd for the email. Anybody else wants to email the show? Cinema nine pod, protonmail.com Always welcome and we will read them on the air and discuss No? No, oh, that's right. No, we don't want emails. You don't uh, email us. We'll give you the email address, but please don't email us. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get to the quarantine viewing picks. Uh, we're still in a quarantine, even though the vaccine is taking over the country, ravaging this country
3: and the world, hopefully. Travis Bill Roy. Got it. Bill Maher yep. just announced. Bill Maher. Guys, hey, he's got the COVID. Hey, good so. for Bill Maher. Wow. Great. Yeah. So well, what have you been watching? You know, um, I watched a lot of older movies because I was visiting with my mother and stepfather Uh over the past week and they're in their upper sixties, you know? So they, uh, they, uh, they're like some older films. So actually the, the most recent film I watched this week was, uh, Twister from 1996, which I also live it tweeted, is. um, which I got 20 likes on that live tweeting uh, session, which I feel like that means I went viral. So that was exciting. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, Twister, PSH kind of scummy but you know kind of and like that yeah but it was you know there's only so many movies left that I haven't seen of his so it's cool to like parse you know, like to like separate them and like uh, only so often go back and watch the only remaining few there's only like I don't know one or two at this point I, Um, so it's kind of nice for that if nothing else well,
2: that's why um, I watched it last week I was just yeah. trying to finish off PSH, PSH yeah. movies
1: yeah, exactly. In I mean, the windstorm, what more can you
3: ask for? <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous. Woman. Uh, yeah, she is gorgeous. It's true. But I watched a couple of Hitchcock films. I watched Shadow of a Doubt, which was supposedly his favorite film. Uh didn't really do it for me. I mean, as far as Hitchcock movies go, I mean, like it was, it was okay. Um, but I also watched Strangers on a Train, which was fucking awesome. I'd never seen that before, but uh, get off my train! Get off my train! We're gonna do that a lot um but robert walker was a fucking awesome awesome genius of an actor and uh and weirdly enough we started watching we watched like perry mason and all this other stuff like his sons kept popping up in throughout the rest of the week so it was very much a walker family viewing viewing experience for me over the past week um (laughs) i also watched um you know now i've seen uh I, i did not watch um the stuff from 1985, which stars Michael Moriarty and is written and directed by Larry Cohen. And uh, I mentioned that before on the show, I watched the film that they did together before that. Uh, I watched uh, "Q: the winged serpent from 1982, also starring Richard Roundtree <laughs> and, uh, and David Carradine. And Eric, have you seen this movie? <laughs> no, I've heard, I've heard things. It's well worth checking out, man. Like, I mean, for one, Michael Moriarty, like, I mean, he did, he did a bunch of stuff. Most of which was like, whatever. But when he's in a Larry Cohen, movie, the man just shines I mean I don't know what it is in both these movies man just fucking like he could have been a huge star if, if, if every movie he did had been written and directed by Larry Cohen um, but the, the plot of this movie is that like uh, Quetzalcoatl the 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 flying dragon god of the Aztecs has returned and uh, is killing people in New York City willy-nilly and rather than getting like animal control on that it's up to a couple detectives to like shoot it Um it's all done with a claymation. It looks like, you know, Gohira or something. It looks like <laughs> it looks like garbage, but it is fucking awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed it.
1: So, like um, the but- only thing, uh, <laughs> Travis, like the only like fun fact I know about that film is like they totally blew the special effects because like they were supposed to like do the um, claymation of the dragon and then shoot the plates for like the city so that it would match up to when the dragon's flying around. For some reason, they did it opposite, and they like found it out. They found that out like in post production, and like nothing matched up, and like everyone was pissed and fired. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the,
3: the special effects are like less than special, which kind of adds to its charm, to be honest. Because it's it's, it's like these t- terrible special effects, but like all the actors are kind of like bringing it, <laughs> so kind of <laughs> like yeah, it's like really like uh, uneven, but in a fun way. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, a, a movie I've watched several several times in my life, but it had been a while. I watched network from 1976. And oh, yeah. you know, that movie uh absolutely, you know, if you if you know, you know it's a fucking genius, a fantastic movie that's only gains relevancy as time goes on. Um, but you know, I've I've always thought of it as like this heavy and dramatic film, and it is, but like I forget how fucking hilarious that movie is. I was laughing my ass off through this whole movie. The movie's so funny. Like I just forget. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean it is. Like I you, like there's you know there's all kinds of like, you know, stuff put in there, but like man, it's it's almost more of a comedy than it is a drama, really. It is. It's now,
2: a satirical it, comedy for sure. Yeah.
3: I think I kind of like in my mind I'd really categorize it much as a drama for most of the time. Cuz I mean there's a borderline heavy, heavy
2: almost perfect movie cuz like, it does everything <sighs> so well. It's borderline. Dude, it, for me right. it is.
3: Yeah. You're right. It's a borderline perfect movie. It's one of the best movies. And there's that's there's a reason why People are still watching it, you know, 44 years later.
2: You named all the reasons why. It's funny. It's serious. Great acting. It's still relevant. relevant. It's just it's hard to find holes genius. Love it.
3: So that's it. That's what I watched. Well, and I also watched I Remember Mama from 1948, I think. And I watched that on (laughs) Mother's Day with my mother. So uh, is that that the
2: oldest movie anyone's ever shared on this podcast so far? (laughs) Shadow of a Doubt was 1943. Oh, Well, there you go. Well, that's the current leader in the clubhouse. Great. So. All right, Eric Branstrom,
1: Griffith, Indiana. What have
2: you been watching with the kiddo?
1: So I took a look at this <laughs> film from 1993. Now, I told you, I started this up, and the credits start coming on. And the screenwriters, get this, Aaron Sorkin and Scott Frank team up, and we're talking about one of the, like, two of the greatest screenwriters of the 90s, right? Both Oscar winner legends. And they write the script for, uh, malice from 1993. Have you ever seen oh this movie? God. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. I'm sitting there watching this and it's so preposterous that I literally I'm like, I can't take it anymore. I get out of pen and paper. I'm trying to put together this fucking plot because it's it's out of control this this is what I have. <laughs> A prominent surgeon played by Alec Baldwin conspires a malpractice case wherein he and Nicole Kidman, who is cheating on Bill Pullman, both agree to have him surgically remove her ovaries while she is pregnant, which results in a malpractice case that settles for $10 million. The whole plot would have been worked out were it not for it being uncovered that Bill Pullman was sterile and could not have fathered children. How do we know he's sterile? Well, there's a serial killer plot that's introduced in the opening half hour of the film And one of the victims is Bill Pullman's student. And naturally, Bill Pullman's accused of being the killer. And his DNA swapped to determine that he's infertile. Ludicrous story told incompetently by director Harold Becker. I don't know how this (laughs) movie got made. It's bonkers.
2: (laughs) That's pretty wild.
1: (laughs) Michael, this next one I checked out for you. Uh, Freeway, starring Reese Witherspoon (laughs) and Kiefer Sutherland. Of course. I I had never seen the movie before. I always saw that cover box, you know, you know that cover box where she's like yeah. in the red, and they gave her something. I gave it a. Sh- I had to turn it off. It I, it was wow. it was Whoa. so abrasive. I could not handle it. I, it it's <laughs> out of control, dude. I don't know how people watch this movie.
2: You know, like the Red Riding Hood uh, parable thing going on there? That's, you know.
3: I don't I mean, bet. But think like, Kiefer Sutherland just wound up and let go, man. I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't understand what these filmmakers were. What is this movie? This is perfect I, 90s I stuff, man. Up.
2: This
3: is to the limit.
2: HBO films, they can do whatever they want. You know, it's, yeah, I
3: haven't like, watched it in many years. I'd be curious. I'm gonna have to see if it holds up. I guess <laughs> see if you can handle the. It's gross. There's that.
2: some gross shit going Lost on. This. Even Kiefer is gross in that movie because he gets fucked up and he's gross for many reasons. That film actually, now that I think about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, um, just horrible thing, film. So, Mike and Travis, you guys have been talking about Moneyball on like every single episode.
2: Fuck I have. That's come on. That's. Fucking branch of Hyperbole One Hundred and One.
1: Sure, no, I've seen it. I, 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 I barely remember movie.
2: that movie. I've seen it once. I
1: don't. Talk, I don't talk about that movie, <laughs> Mike. You bring it up quite a bit, my friends. So I decided to sit down sure. and watch it, dude. I, I don't understand this movie. Like, like, I don't care about baseball, so I'm like, all right. Well, at least I heard that this, like, even if you don't like sports, you can get into this. It's so boring, Mike. Like, what? Like, like how is this a movie? This story is like, it's so slow. It's like. If you had, like, I'm thinking about while watching it, and I love Bennett Miller, uh, if you had, like, Cameron Crowe, like, directing the same exact script, it would not have this funereal pace that I just could not <laughs> handle. I turned it off, like I said, like, five minutes before it ended. I didn't even care how it ended. I was so fucking bored. What What is this? Why is this a movie?
2: Uh, If you've heard me on the show talk about it, I say that it's very overrated. I don't understand why it gets a lot of love that it does. And fucking Jonah Hill was nominated. Absurd. Jonah Hill
1: sits there with the same blank, vacant expression on his face for the full three hours and 50 minutes and gets an Oscar nomination.
2: I know. I'm with you. I mean, it's barely entertaining enough for a guy like me who loves baseball. So
1: I did check back in with Capote uh, because I, I had to remember how great this filmmaker is. Gorgeous movie, so beautifully told and performed by by Phil Hoffman. It's it's still wonderful in my opinion. It's a fucking fantastic character study.
2: I need to go back and see that one. I haven't seen that one in a while. I've seen it for sure.
1: Yeah, I cool. mean that the the atmosphere of that picture regulates itself to this 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 um, you know this atmosphere. But Christ, Moneyball, what the fuck? It's
3: like <laughs> I don't understand it. Deary, chime in. What the hell is this movie? Sounds like I'm going to have to revisit Moneyball and, and weigh in on it, I guess. Because, I mean, I, yeah, I just saw it once when it came out, but I just I do recall it being kind of it, tedious. The entire
1: movie is like a three-hour PowerPoint presentation on, like, this season of baseball. Yes. Ridiculous. Be-
2: it's probably a better book, to be honest with you, written by Michael Lewis, who is an excellent investigative, like, journalist, writer, who's written books about Wall Street and whatever he feels like writing about. I bet the book is better. I truly do <laughs> believe that.
1: There you go, Mike. What about you? Well,
2: here's Christopher Deary. Sabermetrics. That means nothing to these guys. And then, no yes, it's clue. overrated. Oh, <laughs> Even right. Deary
1: says it's overrated. Thank you, Deary. All right.
2: There you go. Deary loves Bottom baseball. I'm lying. All right. So, all right. I'm gonna no get to Mr. Baseball. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I want to say this. No, I want to get this one first. Have you guys ever seen the Falcon and the Snowman?
3: No. I actually never have. No. No. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, Sean so Penn, right? Sean uh,
2: Penn and Timothy, Timothy Hutton. Huttin. Mainly Tim- I think Hutton's the lead, but they're both neck and neck basically. It would be splitting hairs I guess to break it down. Pat Hingle, isn't it? And uh Ooh. Why yeah, was, was I told good- about this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was
3: <in laughs> here? It was a good movie. Be this careful. Be very 1985,
2: careful. 1985. 1985. So, go. and I never I never saw this as a kid. It never was like on HBO growing up. It's about two guys, true story. They both, you know, sold secrets to the Russians in Mexico. They would they lived in California. They go through the Tijuana border and meet up with Russian people at the embassy and sell secrets. And oh. they were very young. They were like oh, they were 23. assholes.
3: I thought oh, that, yeah. I, th- oh. I thought yeah. it was like you know a cu- couple. I don't know like spy like cool spies, not assholes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're definitely
3: not cool, but they're young and
2: stupid, so they got that going for them. And then oh. you know Sean Penn is. Sean Penn, for the first time, probably does what Sean, that Sean Penn thing he does.
1: Yeah. You don't understand. You, you don't get it. <laughs> I don't you know, feel when loved.
2: He, when he that's gets it? that, high, yeah, that high-pitched thing going, that's the first time he probably did that was in this movie. So I'm going to recommend it. I I think it was, it's actually pretty cool. It's well done. It's not something I've ever seen. I never heard anybody really talk about it. And uh, after I watched Breach, you know, about the Hanson thing last week, I was like, oh, I'm going to check this one out. So.
1: True story. Yeah, John Schlesinger from the director of Marathon Man and Midnight Cowboy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So there's enough credentials here where it's, it's it's not like, um, you know, how they do like the Brat Pack stuff where people get thrown in goofy movies. This is like a serious film. It's not like a joke. So I want to recommend that to all of you if you've never seen it. I saw for the first time Waking Ned Divine, an Irish film from 1998. Oh, yeah. i would never it's seen a, it. Okay. It was a big deal when
3: it came out. What would you think?
2: I, it was, I loved it. It was great. It I was thought you liked, it's
3: about old people. Of course you love it. What? what? You love old hate, people movies. I hate old people, don't I? That's not, but you, I don't know. You, you seem to, you seem to like movies about old people. I that's thought true. That like, I thought that, I mean. Yeah. Wait, did you say you hate old people?
2: Well, that's a strong <laughs> word. I mean, I'm not a big fan of old. I don't have a lot of old people in my life, I guess. It I sounds
3: I like, like you, need more, older, older, you need more older, some older people in your life. Let's I do. Nice They're older. I don't, I don't have a lot old? of old people I can relate to, but. <laughs> Yeah, this is about my best friend's is seventy four. He's awesome. I'm not
2: kidding. (laughs) Okay, all right. This is a movie about you know a tiny little Irish village, and that's why I love it. It just looks so beautiful, and all the characters are so whimsical and fun, and it's lighthearted, and it's just a good time. So I'd strongly recommend *Waking Ned Divine*. I remember stocking
1: that on the shelves at Blockbuster oh, Video. Yeah, was... Every time I'd put it up on the case, I'd be like, what? why would someone watch this?
3: <laughs> I, the 18-year-old that worked with you, watched it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, that's good news. Uh,
2: I've watched a movie that I had seen a billion times, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. The fucking Saint, Val Kilmer oh my and God. Elizabeth Shue. This was the a Shue? regular... This movie was on all the time. Like, I... If I was at Giles' house, he watched this movie all the time. And it was weird to go back and watch this. It was pretty bad, I'm going to say. Didn't, <laughs> didn't hold enjoy up. enjoy it.
1: It's, it's so horrible. Aww. I checked it like a year ago. It's <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole entire life. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It's just nonstop it
2: chasing people around. It's literally like half the movie is just chasing. The, and these bumbling Russians who can't seem to keep up with the science.
1: <sighs> Stupid it's, Voices by Val Kilmer. Same dumb yes. disguise. So stupid! Yeah, I remember. I remember him
3: playing an Eastern European, and then he plays an Eastern European. Then he plays an Eastern European. I do recall that. All he switches is the
1: turtlenecks. It's deplorable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a couple of wigs, turtlenecks. Very disappointing. The reason I bring it up, and we'll never do it. Does it holds up? Because it's not even worth doing. Does it holds up? It sucks. So that's why I brought it up. Uh, I watched Jack goes boating. I finally finished that, and I told you guys about that in the text. Uh, It was fascinating, interesting um not a lot of fun necessarily
3: but no it's not fun but i, I love it i love it why do you love well, it can you tell me why? yeah what do i love about it i yeah. mean i i think it's i think it's a good love story i think and i think it's a good story about like and because you're getting like two love stories at once you're getting the slow motion collapse of one relationship and mm-hmm. the beginning of another at the same time and like there's like this weird power dynamic that's taking place where the 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 friend and the, and the male and the um established relationship it's like he's got like one up on this other guy i'm gonna fix your life for you i'm gonna help you you're like this guy that needs guidance and you've got all these emotional problems and stuff and he does because he's like he's like you know he's a fucking he's like some white new york guy trying to become a rastafari like he's all kinds of lost but like throughout as the movie goes on you watch him like find himself and struggle and make an ass of himself and like um like also like be okay with that i don't know I, i mean like he learns to swim you know he doesn't sink he learns to swim I like that movie a lot.
2: It just seems like there's a serious mental health issue he has that they hint at, but they don't actually talk about, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does. I mean, yeah, he's got something going on. Like, yeah, I don't know why they can't talk about it. That's all. I guess
2: that would just like a little bit more clarity for me. Do they need to?
3: I mean, like, I mean, like, what kind of like do you need a like a this like a specific name for what he's got or
2: something? It no, would set the mood for me if I, I mean, I guess you can kind of get the assumption that he's very socially awkward right? and he's uncomfortable in most right. social situations. Feels a lot of pressure. So right. Yeah, he responds,
3: perfect. you know, like he's, he's probably somewhere on, you know, on the, on the spectrum, but like, you know, cause like he doesn't respond very well to like even lower pressure, like, you know, any kind of stress kind of sets him off, but he's like really well-intentioned. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Do you know
2: Elon Musk is the first entertainer in history to have Asperger's?
3: <laughs> David Byrne would like to take up a, a, a word <laughs> right? with that. I'm sure. Fuck that shit, Elon Musk.
2: Come on. I mean, wow. good for you, but don't don't own it like you're the fucking master. I, I took umbrage with that. I just have to say. Uh,
3: yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Uh, also, Dan Aykroyd. Um, you know.
2: Yeah, and there's other know. people who we don't even know. I'm sure there's a lot more that we don't never even knew right. about. Right. You know, so exactly. It's a bit of a stretch. Whatever for a joke.
3: Oh yeah, well, you know, he he's that guy. He's he's a guy. He likes to say things about himself.
2: Yeah, he does. He likes to fucking tank my crypto. You fuck. Hey, All right, I'm going to move on. Sorry. It's not about crypto. This is about movies. Uh, I watched Four Brothers, which I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, I actually enjoyed it. I'm going to recommend it. It's a John Singleton directed film, too. And it's based in Detroit. So if you live in Michigan or Detroit, it's fun. It's not actually filmed in Detroit. It's actually filmed in a shitty neighborhood in Hamilton, Ontario. But it feels like Detroit for sure. So he sold it all the way. And then uh, Most Wanted Man, finishing up the PSH movies. PSH what did you think movies. of that one? You know, it, well, I, I didn't really know what it was at all. I didn't do any like digging into the title or the background. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. interesting. And the fact that he does this German accent, and I kept waiting for it to falter, but I actually thought he pulled it off quite well.
3: Yeah, it is a La Carre. Uh, not, uh, based it's based on La Carre, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I th- yeah, I think it's pretty great. I've watched it a couple of times, uh, and especially like that in In God's Pocket, since they were like the two of the last ones he did. I went through this phase where I watched the fuck out of those two movies, basically.
2: I got that one. I haven't watched it, but I'm going to watch that one next.
3: Yeah. If I mean, like, it's, I would. They're comparable in a way because they're just kind of like. I don't know. The The pacing is different than I think most films in both these hmm. movies. Right. Like, like, like a, a most wanted man, like this doesn't do things the way most movies do, does. Like you're just, I don't know. Like it's kind of like all over the place, but really controlled at the same time.
1: You're listening to the Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. Oh, up, oh
2: boy.
1: Hey, Eric Jr. Been kicked out of Baird coming up next. <laughs>
2: Eric has mentioned this in the text thread. He thinks we talk about PSH too much. I don't think you could talk about him enough, really. So. Yeah,
3: no, I'm, I'm going to talk mean. about it more just to spite you now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, a Most Wanted Man, I recommend it. He, Travis is right. It's interesting. It's definitely entertaining. It's got great actors in it. So you can't miss Rachel McAdams and Willem Defoe, blah, blah, blah. All right, a couple more. We'll wrap it up. I watched Kramer versus Kramer because Eric watched it. Oh, I'd God. never seen it. Superb. Never seen it. And, you know, what? it was all right. I wasn't really like that impressed by it, to be honest with you. And I'm a child of divorce. You think maybe I'd really like, oh, I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it's date. I don't know if it's even dated. It's just a very simple film. It's not very complex. It doesn't really dig into some of the complexities of their. It doesn't dig in as much as I would like it to maybe necessarily with their relationship. It kind of puts it all on the surface of their court interactions, but not enough off screen. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but that was my feeling on it. Uh, and then uh, I've never <laughs> I never watched this in full. I watched Citizen Kane. I finally did it. Wow! I'm that guy. So all right, yeah. Well, we Good watched. We did Mank, right? I liked Mank, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about Orson Welles a lot. So I watched Citizen Kane, and then I watched a 1999 HBO movie called RKO 281, which is Lee Schreiber as Orson Welles mm-hmm. and John fucking Malkovich as Herman Mankiewicz, and it's about the making of Citizen Kane. So I watched both of those back to back and I was I really enjoyed the RKO two eighty one. It really is in conflict with Mank and Fincher's mm-hmm. <laughs> Fincher's uh ability to kind of bullshit reality with a couple of the movies he's made about real life issues like you know, the social network and then mm-hmm. Mank. If you start digging around, I question some of the things. Maybe it's supposed to be a fairy tale because it's his dad's story too. So I don't know. Like David Fincher's father wrote the story, I believe. And- yeah. So maybe it's supposed to be that way. But RKO 281, Leif Shriver is great as Orson Welles. I, I thought it was really well done. It's you quick, too. James it's only Cromwell hour and 26 I, minutes.
1: Uh, William Hurst, don't you got Jim, Jimmy Cromwell in there? <laughs> yes. Great William Hurst. I love to so What do you think I of like, like, you know, I, I find the picture kind of boring. I'm, I'm not going to come out here and say, oh, yeah, it's the greatest movie of all time. I think it's a little dry.
2: Well, what am I What am I supposed to do? You know, I know. At this point. I it's all been done, right? It's hey, all been Say said about something this movie. new
3: about Citizen Kane, Mike, for our <laughs> listeners. <There's> no- <laughs> Provide some new insight. Uh,
2: okay. Well, the only thing I got that I can think of to say is this. Oh,
1: <laughs> it says it all if you think about it.
2: So, yeah, Citizens Kane. Cool. Citizen's Kane. Fuck it. Whatever. You've never seen Citizen Kane. It's not a big deal now. It's so blown up in our proportion. I don't know if you can even talk about it, but I just want to mention that I did watch it. And then uh, I watched Being There, like I said, which was weird. A very, very weird movie. Um, but
3: wow. You'd never seen it, right? I'd
2: never seen okay. Being There, no. Yeah, and I just watched it, it last, this past year. Uh
3: oh, you what, did? Yeah, I right. mentioned it on That's the right, show. But it's been a while. That's right, you um, That's right. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. You, you, you didn't care for it? No, no, I, like, it's like, interesting we, film. You texted I, I us, what were the filmmakers thinking? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this I is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I thought that meant you didn't
2: like it. <laughs> the fucking outtakes. I mean, poor bastard. You know, the outtakes at the end yeah. cost him an Academy Award, basically. It's fucking really? bo- That Yeah, I dug into this after the fact. And no, he I begged the producers to remove those outtakes because it takes out... It takes you out of the movie because it's like this serious but funny film, but it's supposed to be about this story. And then you have these outtakes of Peter Sellers just doing the same shit over and over again. And it he re- it basically is – it's generally considered it cost him the Oscar. And he was very upset about it. So. And
3: I mean, I wouldn't – he, he, he certainly – I mean, it was certainly a fucking, like, incredible and memorable performance. He may not uh, yes! gotten the Oscar for it, but – I have no idea what won that year. I don't know what he was up against, but I mean, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I mean, if you're you can look it up.
2: Yeah, and then in 1980 he died, so he died right after, which <laughs> <So laughs> so is terrible. Ordinary
1: people that year. Oh, ordinary people was
2: the next year. What it came out? It, was, it Peter came out can't. in 1979, so this yeah, would be the was, 1980 would, yeah. Oscars. Yeah, Kramer vs.
3: Kramer. Was it Kramer yeah. versus Kramer? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> did yeah Hoffman I won? Uh, uh,
2: yeah, best did. actress was Sally Field <laughs> and. Why don't they show the best actor? Good, yeah, Hoffman won. Yeah,
3: so. hey boy. Yeah, I've seen those both. I've seen both those movies. We've just talked about both those movies. I'm gonna throw that in. Uh, Peter Sellers is ter- terrifically better. I, yes. I think. But, you know what are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, you dust it often, Jack Lemmon, Al Pacino, Roy Scheider, Peter Sellers. That's a uh,
3: quite a list. So. Eric, you know, I mean, I know you love Kramer versus Kramer and 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 the short man, but uh, you know,
1: if it wasn't for those outtakes, I would have gave it to Peter Sellers, but you
2: know. Yeah, I feel bad for him it's that he, he couldn't get the producers wouldn't take it out. But whatever, It's what's done yeah. is done. But that's what I thought was weird about it. A uh, ghost hand two four six is on Twitch. Citizen Kane okay. was as much a technical breakthrough as it was a narrative shakeup from the bog, boggy standards that most Hollywood follow, like the bogged down standards. I assume that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's
3: that most true. Hollywood follow. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's kind of the thing. Like it's 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 hard for us from in, in this time period to to properly appreciate citizen kane or most movies from that era and like you have to try and think you know approach them as you would like you know like you know um for what they were when they came out but we don't really have the context necessarily for that because how many movies have been influenced by citizen kane now that like you know i mean right uh you know so
2: it's ballsy too and what he did going i mean I have a lot of respect for it. I know that much for sure. Tons of respect for it. So yeah. fuck you, Hearst. You're dead, but you know, you're still dead. So you're not hearing this? So
1: I'm, glad you. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. I'm glad
2: you're dead. And then real quick, I watched The Thin Blue Line. It was a documentary from the oh,
1: 80s. Oh, my God. So fucking amazing. Errol Morris, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life, Mike. Sorry. Wow. Okay. I love movie. Uh,
2: right. And the music's by Philip Glass. I was like, oh, cool. Oh. So. Yeah. music's great in it well, and i it? i thought it was a document i didn't think it was a documentary i thought it was a i was like oh i've seen the third red line so this could be like a long malik like drama <laughs> it, was <a> doc- <laughs> it was a documentary suddenly these people are talking to the camera and i'm like wait a minute this is a documentary yeah. <laughs> be a couple of minutes to realize that so uh, but it was good it was very very good we're well
3: breaking the fourth wall in this film <laughs> <laughs> they were. i was like wait, wait, what's going on
2: here so there you go. It's a fun week of movies. Movies are a lot of fun. You guys should watch movies if you have oh. the time. If you don't, I understand. Life is busy. Cinema 9 Pod, cinnamon Cinema 9 Pod, and all your favorite social media platforms. We are here for you anytime you need us. Well, actually, we're only here for like an hour and a half every Thursday. I mean, you can
3: that's digitally you know, listen to us anytime you want.
2: That's true. You so can digitally watch, safe. listen anytime. We're all over the place. We're quite, quite abundant.
3: I get, Having said, you know. I get a little gas from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh,
2: my yeah. It's time. Here it is. Yep. Let the passion mix. flow. Yeah. Love lasts forever. We're doing Ghost 1990. Does it hold up? Time to get into it. Time to make some pottery and then have sex.
3: So off screen, off
2: screen for the most part, except for the long, long stretches of looking at Patrick Swayze's abs, where we admire them as we. Yeah, there's, there's no
3: sex. I mean, by the time that scene's no, over, he still got his jeans on. So there's
2: butt grabbing and ab mm. admiring. That's basically yes. what you get
3: out of that. Scene. His, hair, his hairless back, his beautiful hairless back. <laughs> okay, you got a lot We're of zits, too. I'm surprised.
2: What yeah, quite a lot of zits on that back. I was surprised all the bumps on his back. I wow. really noticed it. I could not mm-hmm. not notice That's it. I'm there, sorry. We're flex. getting ahead of ourselves here, though. So <laughs> let's, let's...
0: What are you doing? What do you think you're doing to me? Hey, look, if you think I'd come all the way down here for my health, you're out of your mind. Sam's dead, okay? He's dead. Tell our lover. He says he loves you. <sighs> Sam would never say that. Ditto, teller, ditto. That was
2: ditto, ditto. <laughs> Let's start it off, Travis. You chose this film. Uh, Nineteen nineties movie did. came out, and I, I'm going to say that you saw this one in the theater. Your your whole family went and saw it.
3: I don't think we did. Um, I don't think I saw this in theaters. Now, I I think that I mean this was definitely one I've mentioned it before on the show. I had a, a family friend that. Uh, would record movies for us when i was a younger kid and this is one that just you know it was the biggest movie of the year in 1990 i think really i mean it was the biggest blockbuster of the year um so like it, you know as soon as it was out on, on video he had recorded it and gave it to us um and we wore it out we wore it the fuck out and i didn't watch it probably since that copy got you know thrown away or whatever like i probably hadn't seen that movie now you know sometime in the sometime in the 90s
2: wow okay there it is oh. eric bransham you definitely well this movie rated R, or PG thirteen. It's got to be PG thirteen.
3: Unbelievably, it's PG
1: thirteen, but well, you got some intense scenes in there for it's like a hard PG thirteen. But no, you know, I I, I remember renting. Remember the VHS tape? It was like white, like it was like the tape was a ghost. you remember this?
3: No, I, I my <laughs> cassette with like a wood print uh, that sticky thing that goes across. Yeah. It, that's what mine looked like. Because everything we
2: like, had was like recorded from somebody.
1: Yeah, else. Some trash. Oh. <laughs> No, the actual box <laughs> copy was like white, like Ooh. the tape looked like it was haunted or some shit. I wow. would rent it all the time back in the day. For some reason, you know, I'm like 11 watching like this romantic story about a ghost. I got to be honest with you guys. I check in like every year with ghosts. So uh, I'm excited oh, to talk about right. it tonight. All right.
2: Well, I don't check in with it every year, but <laughs> watch this movie a billion times. The <laughs> year it came out, for whatever it Why came out on watch VHS. So I, didn't know, I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, but I watch this movie all the time non-stop.
3: I mean, it had broad
2: appeal, I guess. Sorry, it did. Ahead. It did. You're right. It was always on, too. It just seemed like it was... Even if we didn't have a copy of it, it, it seemed like HBO or whatever, streaming... You no, know, streaming. <laughs> Cable television. Uh, it was on there a lot. And I saw this... We were... we quote the shit out of this. Me and my brothers and anybody. I'd be saying, yeah, get off my get train. Off my train. Uh, there was another one, too, where I used to... There's so many things when I was watching this. Was like, oh my god, yeah. I used to say that all the time. So it's very quotable. And very frightening at times too. And we can talk more about that momentarily.
3: But you know, that, that's, yeah. um, that's, that's kind of why I uh, wanted to do it. Um, because like th- this was a movie that when it came out, it was just fucking ubiquitous, man. Like it was just constant. It was everywhere. It was the biggest movie of the year. And like for a long time, it was like, you know, it was again, like it was everywhere. What like you said, and then it kind of devolved into being like just the, just the scene, just the fucking pottery scene and the song <laughs> would be referenced. And then like to this, at this point, like I have not heard anyone bring this movie up in any context in a really long time, like, yeah. other than perhaps that scene or that song. So like, I basically <laughs> wanted to go back and see like, you know, was this good just for 1990 or was, you know, or like, or because it doesn't necessarily seem to be the classic that, you know, you would think that it would be. I mean, like, at least in terms of like, how people talk about it. They just talk about this one fucking scene.
2: That's true. And then it was <laughs> terrifically well done in the uh, Naked Gun part two. So they they did Directed
3: by the director's brother, David Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> fucking fantastic. So bizarro. But yes. So yes, this movie is ubiquitous in a lot of ways. I think that's a good word for it. And the quote I was thinking of is, Sam Wheat! Sam Wheat! All the time. Yeah. Sam Wheat! Sam Wheat! Yeah. And then I always Wheat! used to sing... Uh, Oh, I'm Ed. Reedy, I I definitely I was sang an along
3: That was An annoying
2: child doing that. that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Henry. Oh, <right. laughs> <laughs> what, well, by the way, what fucking,
2: how about those pajamas she's wearing in bed? She wears like yeah. child's pajamas,
3: a <laughs> full yeah,
1: child's onesie.
3: What the fuck? Yeah, that was, was weird. That weird. Oda mae has got style, man. Don't, don't fuck with it.
2: Well, whatever her name is, Rita's got style. That's true. Um, I'm DB. Her, her name Oda
3: May Brown. Rita Miller is just the one-off.
2: Well, she has other names in the past, too, so I was just fucking around. I don't remember the previous names when they bring out the police file. But what is this movie rated on IMDb.com? Anybody care to guess?
3: It's in the seven territory, I'm going to guess. Maybe even eight territory. I'm going to say seven, five.
1: Uh, Seven, seven, five? Yeah, I'll say that, too. That sounds good. Wow.
2: Uh, 7.1. Just over the seven marker. Maybe it's not all we thought it was. Uh, But Ghost Hand says that Ghost, in my opinion, several movies within a movie. It's a romance, a murder thriller, a commentary on spirituality and afterlife, a drama, a comedy, an introspection of the self, and what it means in a metaphysical sense. God damn, that is a fucking impressive commentary. I agree.
3: (laughs) I wrote on the top of my uh, notes, I have supernatural thriller, comedy, romance, buddy movie, drama. I mean, there's like a (laughs) bunch of stuff happening at once here.
1: Ghost Hand would know.
2: did it is he like
1: create that handle before he uh, chimed into the show, or after. <laughs> he's always, Ghost yeah, Hand. He's whoever
2: Ghost Hand is, they've he, that person's always been Ghost Hand. So this was the perfect movie for Ghost Hand. Yes, we love you, Ghost Hand. Um, <laughs> I love a good Ghost Hand. Who doesn't?
1: Think of every <laughs> g- possible giant, like heist movie with like the bank scene. Every possible genre is stuffed into this one movie,
3: and yet it's not unwieldy. It's not more. It doesn't. Nothing spilling over the sides and getting on the plate. It's all very compressed into the Ghost sandwich. ghost sandwich
2: that's great (laughs) 74 percent of the critics uh, were down with this movie audience score of 80 so the audience is a little ahead of the critics on this one but that's okay you know i would think that this would be a little more popular with fans than the critics but that's still a solid critical score for this i was actually a little surprised let's see our top critics are weighing in here's a negative from the la times sheila benson says the movie's slogan is believe not an unreasonable request, but even those who'd be happy to comply must get past Ghost one-casting jaw-dropper. A certain woolly-mindedness to its script, and a production prettified to the point of stickiness. I don't even know what she's saying anymore.
3: Uh, sh- uh, something. So there's a jaw-dropper in the casting? Who's the ca- who's the jaw-dropper in the casting?
2: Whoopi? Yeah, is that is that what she means? I don't know. I don't know. It, she's happy. But even those who'd be happy to comply must get past Ghost's one casting jaw dropper. Yeah, I don't.
3: Maybe that don't was because she did. Be we well, less not expecting vague. her
2: to do what she did at the time. You know, know. Be, be less vague.
3: I don't know. Be less
2: vague. Gene Siskelovs. But,
3: but she done. Ahead. But she'd already. I'm sorry. But what she'd done at the time. I mean, like, hadn't she already done? I think she'd done Pink Cadillac by that point in Jumpin' Jack yeah. Flash. Yeah, would already. So she was Burglar. already. Burglar. Color yeah. purple
1: probably should have yeah. been color purple. Yeah. Academy Award you
3: know. nominated the year before or winning right Didn't, or something. She was I think she was nominated the year before right. Uh,
1: I don't color, know about that. I know, color purple? Eight, I'm not sure. Eighty five she was definitely should have won. But so, oh, uh, was that what oh, it was? That's before, that's color purple, eighty five. Yeah. was. I thought it was a little late. Nice.
2: That's fantastic. Uh, sister act would follow right after this oh man good times gene siskel says the passion and poignancy of trying to communicate with the dead is well exploited here more has never been more fetching (laughs) gene siskel commenting i I feel like that's just a direct like wow she's hot (laughs) she's trying to make it
3: (laughs) fetching is a really like kind of classy way of being like i'd bang Yes, yeah. all right.
2: Not a lot of mystery on that one, Gene. Good Lord. You're dead, though, so we'll let it pass. Uh, David Anson, Sorry. Newsweek, top critic. A comedy, romance, and supernatural thriller rolled into one. Ghost is a zippy pastiche that somehow manages to seem fresh, even though it's built entirely out of borrowed parts.
3: Well, I mean, they're not necessarily wrong. I I don't know which movies or plots or stories, whatever, that they're necessarily borrowing from. But, I mean, a lot of this seems like kind of established ghost lore, right? Like, I mean, the way that it kind of works. You know, in terms of urban legend and like myth and stuff, and also like you know, like I was as I was watching this movie, I couldn't stop thinking about uh, Ghost Town that uh, that movie with uh, Ricky Gervais, which I've watched like a dozen times for some reason. As I watched it, I'm like, oh yeah, they really leaned heavily on Ghost in the making of that movie, but it's fine, it's fine mm-hmm. because like it's, I mean, like you're, it's like a zombie movie almost, like in what you're dealing with. I mean, like there's only so many ways to necessarily do this particular thing you know like if you got a vampire movie there's only so many ways you can do that and this is a ghost movie Fuck, it's called ghost so of course <laughs> it's borrowing some stuff
1: yeah i think it borrows a little bit from death takes a holiday and even the original invisible man especially when some of those awesome like straight horror sequences at the end when he's writing on the mirror and fucking the shit oh. out of tony goldwyn horror that's true yeah good, <laughs> point. Right. good point uh
2: quickly with these roger ebert said Contains some nice ideas and occasionally, for whole moments at a time, succeeds in evoking the mysteries that it toys with. But he gave it a splat rating. Two out of four stars. And finally, Destin Thompson is back. God, oh, it's been so we've long. We missed
3: you, Destin. Where wow. the fuck have you been? I
2: know. It's so weird
3: that he chimed in for Ghost, oddly
2: enough. But <laughs> uh, surprisingly entertaining.
3: A little brief, bud. That's it. All yeah. right. I feel like there's probably more somewhere. That's probably the uh, summation of his review. I well, hope he's everybody's not little there's paid by a the paragraphs
2: word. here. All these are paragraphs except a two, two words. Destin. come on, man. We we've been missing you for a while, and we deserve better than that. But yes, yeah, <laughs> so, so we got yeah. So we got a ghost hand <laughs> is really good with this stuff. Ghost hand says the greatest strength of this movie is how it manages to balance all its elements and focus in a central element: the interaction of life and afterlife.
1: How do we feel Go about sandwich,
3: that? baby. Go sandwich. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he's right. Everything kind of gets, you know, blurred together. I mean, and that's why that's why Sam sticks around. He's got unfinished business, right? Like, you know, classic. When he, uh,
2: when he finds out that you know, Tony Goldwyn fucked him, he's like, mm. it's kind of sad. It's like, I had a life.
1: Oh yeah. Kinda well, you powerful. know. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Please continue. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll follow.
3: Well, to me, one of the strongest things about this movie is um the reactions, mostly from uh, well, from all of them, really. Um, but I think I think Tony Goldwyn does particularly good in a lot of his reactions to like the when he you know to like when he, especially like when, like when you when you don't know yet. Go ahead, Mike.
2: When he finds out the money's gone, it's yeah. so yeah. it's yeah. all yeah. over his face. He
3: yeah. can't hide it at all. Shitting himself, just shitting himself. It's so <laughs> such a joy to watch. But even like but like even less obvious ones that like cause that's like super obvious, big reaction, right? But like yeah. when he's like when he's like trying to like um walk out the door with the with the foot locker of shoebox, for instance, or like when he finds out that Rita Miller, like you know, is the name that she like you see him like you know, like you like get this information and be like, Oh fuck, in his head, but like he's but like at the same time, like he's not overdoing it. But it's just enough where like if you'd never seen the movie before, you may not have caught it, you know, like he does I think he does really good, but but patrick swayze man like we've talked about this movie we've talked about this trope in this show before like on when we talked about dark man like when people in movies see other versions of themselves and they're always like oh there's mm, me like it's like it's always like why are you not fucking melting down right now when when, when patrick swayze comes back and sees himself he's like <gasps> he's like so fucking freaked <laughs> out like he's just about like his eyes are popping out of his head I'm like yes yeah. Thank you. And like throughout the whole movie, he's got to do that because he's like hearing things, but can't really like there's no point in him speaking because no one can hear him anyways. So he's like (laughs) responding to stuff and like just like his reactions throughout the whole course of the movie, just really, really strong.
1: Has anyone been messing with the computers? (laughs) (laughs) Love Tony Goldwyn in this. Like, you know, I mean, for me, like literally five seconds after like Patrick Swayze, like sees a hint of something wrong with the computers and all the files and stuff. Like, did you notice like that camera tilt, like the classic, this guy's got a secret When they go to Tony Goldwyn and like it's pretty obvious right off the bat that he's involved, it could have been a lot more fun if they waited until Sam found out. But I I love Tony Goldwyn in this. In fact, he plays it so well that forgive me, but I kind of feel a little sorry for him towards the end. And I definitely don't think he deserves to be dragged to hell by these Scooby-Doo demons. I think uh, it goes a bit too far.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. what 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 is it? to back the, up this point <laughs> well decider of fates what is it that uh, <laughs> determines what someone should go to hell for because I'm pretty sure that like trying to murder people and or having people murdered now he didn't uh, he didn't want, he didn't Sam want to murdered. be murdered yeah he didn't want Sam murdered right but like Willie Lopez still, but he sends Willie Lopez to murder Odame he says get rid of her yes that's so he sends her him specifically to kill her and then he's chasing Odame and Molly around with a gun with the like, he's not going to like, you know, sing to him like he's going to fucking shoot him. Um, so, you know, I, I and, you know, and his his actions are very like he's like, there's 80K of my money in there. Like, it's, yeah, like he's trying to save his own ass. But like, he's also like, this is all, you know, he's he's a money launderer. Like, he's a fucking <laughs> bad guy. Go to hell.
2: And he's a worse guy because he presented himself as something he wasn't. So that's even double whammy for me. Let's,
3: let's not forget trying to fuck Molly, like within Days of of his best friend going in the ground? Spilling
2: coffee. It's so great that we can have a ghost see the truth, right? Because otherwise we never would have known that.
1: (laughs) Clearly his biggest sin was like hard demolition work with no shirt. Come on,
2: he does that. I want to go back to what you said, though, Eric. Some of the telegraphing in this movie is quite telegraphic. And I'm thinking about Sam when they're in bed early in the movie. And he's just like, I just, they they watch the plane crash on the TV. He's like, oh, man, just
3: think it could
1: be over in an instant. Blackout. I never remembered that scene until last night. Why did I? Did they edit that out of like the TV version? No. I never remember that. I I like it. I think that's effective in my opinion. No, it's,
2: it's, it makes it worse. It clearly is like, come on. We know he's gonna die. It's called Dude, ghost. It's, Why do it's
3: you have called to set ghost. that up? Oh, it's well, mortality I mean, and you know, yeah. Well,
1: luck, I, I, chance. It's I like
2: just it. Just blatant I mean, foreshadowing. We don't need. We don't need it. We're smart enough to know what's gonna happen. We can handle
3: it. It's okay. Well, just I mean, enough. I for me at least i'll get i'll say it does like two things and that it kind of like helps you know remind the audience that this could happen to you you think you lead a charmed life and so does everybody else um so i I liked that aspect of it you know he doesn't know that he's enjoying his last full night on earth his last night of sleep so do i i agree Um, with that i like that and also um i liked that scene um because for the same reason that I I I like the pottery scene and um I I like the good establishment of the love between these characters and that and that scene helps build that too. Um, Even though and, he it, can't say I love you, well that's that's why that's why it's so important. That's exactly why it's so important because he can't really say I love you, and they talk about that in the movie. That he's like kind of unable to say I love you, yeah. but they do I think a really good job of showing with his reactions again with his motions, with his hand movements, with the way they interact. This is all really good. This is really good script writing as well. They 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 do a good job of showing that he loves her, even though he can't say it
2: you don't think it was a plot device like hey let's make him not say i love you now so when he's a ghost later if he says ditto she'll know that he's there it's really
3: him but if that was what was all hinged on wouldn't that have been the end of it and then she'd be like a, a full believer for the rest of the movie because one of the things i really like about this movie is that she has it proven to her and then she, even after the fact when she's like alone again she's like oh fuck what am I? that's crazy i, I can't believe that because like i've had like supernaturally kind of shit happen to me and then like later on i'm like no surely no like that couldn't have happened and that's because like people like it takes a lot to be like hey there's a ghost actively talking to you you alone in the universe are enjoying this experience like like you know it makes sense for her to like reject it so i mean like if if the whole thing was hinged around that i think it would have been a bigger deal in the movie but in fact it only gets in the door for like a little while
2: yeah, I, I disagree. I think, I mean, I, I don't actually disagree with what you're saying about, yeah, he does love her and they show that, but it does seem like a bit of a plot device with the ditto thing, but I could there's plenty of men out there, especially in 1990 who couldn't say I love you. So it's very believable <laughs> at the same time. So I'm not going to harp on it too much.
1: That's why I love the pottery scene so much. I mean, it, it it's romantic as hell. I mean, it's still a very touching scene. I mean, we got some phallic symbolism there, but we also have this Beautiful symbolism about these two people literally trying to create something together and they're trying to make a a life with one another. It's gorgeous. (laughs) I can't help but
2: think of the fucking naked gun scene, though. It just ruined it for me because I've seen that movie so many times. She digs into his crotch, makes an ashtray out of pottery that she pulled out of his dick zone. It's so (laughs) stupid. So it's really hard for me to get that out because I've seen the naked gun two and a half at least as much as I've seen this movie. So that's not the movie's fault, though. So I will not strike the movie for this. But uh, I
1: mean, like that whole opening chunk, like if, if this comes out nowadays, I can totally see like Sam getting killed, like in the first scene, like before the credits, they spend like a good 25 minutes making you really care about these characters.
2: I agree. I like that. I'm I'm with that. I'm, I don't think I have. Yeah, that's that's good development. You're right. It's not like, OK, boom, he's dead. Now what? You're right. It's good development. I don't have any beef with that. I don't. We got great acting. We got solid writing. We've got, uh, you know, the technical aspects like you brought up, the. All the stuff he does as a ghost, which can, if you start to dig into some of that stuff once he's dead, the things he can do and can't do and when he's able to do them, you could start digging a lot of holes in that stuff, but I don't know. I mean, that's, is that our job? I mean, that's kind of a job here is I'm going to look at that <laughs> like, oh wait, all of a sudden he can, he can make something happen. He can make, he can look at a cat's eyes when it's really most important and make a cat jump all of a sudden. I, I, I'm like, what? When was that a power?
3: Well, I mean, you know? he, he figured that out before but he made the cat jump. Like, that he already had one interaction with the cat before that they established that. Did you? Oh, did forward? I miss that? You may have fast forwarded. No, I didn't <laughs> yeah. actually. I didn't fast forward this one at all. Well, I was I was watching the movie. I'm like, I wonder what part is fast forwarding? because there's a lot of like dancing and slow <laughs> movements of love. Not and this stuff. time.
2: Not this um, no, the, yeah, I've seen two it a long sc- time. I love this movie when I was young. So. all right,
3: there's there's two scenes of him with the cat. The, um, there's one with him interacting with the cat when it's just him and Molly before Willie shows up. So they establish that there's like that he has some sort of like the cat can see him. Oh, okay. Well, I missed it. I'll take that. I'll take the um, blame. And that's, and one of the things I like about this movie and that I've always really loved about this movie is the lore behind it. Like the, like the, the rules of, 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 of the ghost world. Like, um, and you get the sense that there's some ghosts that like blather through the environment and they don't know what powers they have. And like, maybe they could occasionally move something, but they don't know how to do it. But like, luckily he knows that like, once he actually does that, he's able to go to get off my train. What you think I jumped? He's able, they're able to go to Chevelli R.I.P and um he always and, looked and, dead yeah, though so yeah it's true <laughs> just one drag um <laughs> able to get uh he's able to get training from him he's also like able to watch um orlando jump into otome brown and he misses the yeah. bit that orlando is like ex- like emo- like you know yeah. like literally wiped out he misses that the audience he <laughs> did what do you do to your hair <laughs> But so like he's he, like so it's not he's not just any ghost and that he's like you know like, like he's able to like he learns more than like the average ghost you know, i think in this in his journey to make him kind of like an extra special power ghost to like by the end of the movie he's like a superhero like kicking ass and he's like yeah. almost unstoppable it's fucking awesome to watch when he's fucking scrutting after willie like chasing him <laughs> to the street that look is yeah. so satisfying. <laughs>
1: I mean, dude, I'm crazy for Swayze, but when he's like chasing after Willie, some of those moves are way too fucking graceful. Clearly you are a Juilliard trained ballet dancer. Come on. now, <laughs> You're right, man. It's it's like these discoveries, like along the way to his, his journey of accomplishing this goal. I don't think so much. I have a problem with like what he does as a ghost. I love all of it. In fact, for me, it's like when he decides to do certain stuff, like, I mean, if if I'm exactly. Sam, the second I know that I can talk through Otome, I'm going to be like, okay, tell her, tell, tell Molly that Carl is fucking trying to kill
3: us and he's a conniving son yeah. of a bitch.
2: But she that will done. ruin the build, the penultimate scene, right? So we can't okay. do that.
1: So. there it is. Well, he doesn't,
3: he doesn't and, know yeah. that until, until he doesn't have Otome, like Otome abandons him for a while. Like they, they break through things. So he doesn't find out that Carl has done that for a while. And that's why he goes to Otome again. It is to get her to tell about uh Willie and 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 Carl, um, but well, he goes her it, again.
2: No, he goes her again because he wants to get the money and he has to do the whole check. She has to do the whole check oh, scam that's, too. That's, true. that's the second that's part. True. But that's we true. should talk about Ruby Goldberg. We haven't really talked about it. this. Is a fucking great performance. She yeah. really was funny. I like I said. Mm. I used to a lot of those lines that she said. I used to say over <laughs> and over again. Like, yeah, and here's your girl she's great in this movie she's, no that, that her performance definitely holds up in my opinion so it's
3: it's amazing to me that like this movie for all of the comedy that's in it, it doesn't really turn into a comedy until her character shows up and then it's just like it's but then we're then we're like we're really going now it's gonna get fucking funny there's still gonna be drama there's still gonna be scary bits and romance but like yeah. uh it's the, like here comes the comedy and and i mean and she's <laughs> so funny in this movie with the, like where she doesn't even have to like it's like like she says things that like just the way she says lines that are not inherently funny are funny you know but then she's still able to play scared and like you know mad and all this other stuff is it an academy award winning performance i don't know <laughs> but uh it's it's pretty fucking it's pretty good
2: i actually i don't really have an i don't know who got nominated we could look that up but yeah, i have no, no beef matters. with it I, I just think it's such a great job when ghost Inhibitor body and she Mm -hmm. does a good job of like kind of transitioning that experience with her eyes and I was actually believing that because I was looking real critically like oh this is bullshit no way because I am (laughs)
1: you know
2: spoiler alert I'm not a big Whoopi Goldberg fan I thought she was always kind of overrated just because I didn't think she was that funny but as a talent she's talented I will say that but I never thought she was hilarious
1: She's got a career as like a full bullshit uh, medium and a uh, reader of uh, the de- the the dead, and you gotta imagine she's got a lot of clients coming to her every day. Where it's been established that there's actual ghosts in this universe, the ghosts probably travel along with her their their family members to try to contact uh, them. She's never. Talk to an actual ghost until Sam comes. Come
3: on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, it could be that uh, the power didn't manifest until then. Yeah, that's a bit of a plot hole. I'll I'll grant you that.
2: Yes, Travis agreed to one. All right, good. We got him. We got him on board for this one because, yeah. All, she talks about the history. Yeah, my mother had it. My grandmother had it. You know, so all of a sudden, but maybe
3: it's something that comes, you know, late in life. We don't know. Does I mean, yeah, it's a fucking movie. It's a, it's a movie about people talking to ghosts and being ghosts and shit. I mean, like how like much? Hey, we, if we did Joe suspend. Dirt
2: critically, we're doing this critically. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, think, I think the supernatural element demands some suspension of disbelief. Is all I'm saying. Uh, I will tell you guys this. Um, you know, so like the scene where Oda Mae and her sisters like running down the hallway, like banging on the doors, and that one old lady yeah. like, who are you kid? <laughs> um, I was hurt today. I was the "Who You Kidding" lady today because I was mowing my lawn, and all of a sudden, this guy runs up to me. He's like, "Hey, these guys over there are fucking trying to kill me right now. These guys are trying to shoot me my head. And I'm like, what? he's like pointing down the street from me, and I'm like, "What the fuck, like, dude? I'm just trying to mow my lawn." And he's like, "No, these look. There's a third one. There's a third one. He's, he's, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me." And I'm like, "Ah, do you want me to call the cops?" He's like, "You don't want to be a snitch on Eight Mile." I'm like, "Hmm, you're you're probably right." And he's like wanting to come inside my house, and I'm like, "Dude, uh, I." I just like put my fucking I just put my, my lawnmower away. It was like, well, best of luck, man. I don't I don't I, I got to get the fuck out of here. So I didn't say who you kidding to slam the door in his face. But I mean, I would have <laughs>
2: if it was the apartment hallway, that would have been you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, had I not been on, on my front yard, I would have. I mean, I wish I could have been like, ah, I would have gladly done <laughs> How for
2: two of this. Wow. That yeah. is bizarre. I mean, yeah. Maybe there if are ghosts. Maybe ghosts are real. I don't
3: know. Perhaps perhaps that's so. <laughs>
2: Well, we're on the Cinema 9 pod here. We're talking about Ghost. Does it hold up or not? It's a 1990 film, and it's got a lot of quality acting performances in it. We're talking about Whoopi Goldberg here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think she's a key part of the movie, and which is obvious, because she's the link to getting Sam's message to other people and stuff. But if it would have been done by someone else or, I don't know, in lesser hands of somebody who was a little more jokey about it, I think it could have ruined this movie. Like, She is funny, but she's also serious. By the time they get to the apartment for the last time with the penny thing. And by the way, you didn't have to do the penny thing, Sam. You could just, you know, grab Demi's boobs if you want to. You could push Demi over. You have the ability to knock her. You could physically touch her now. So you didn't have to do this penny thing. I'm just, just saying, but that's, that's not a big deal, but it's a little bit of a deal. But in a lesser hands of someone else, I think it could have got really jokey, but when she's in that scene, she's like, doesn't even say anything when she opens the door, when Demi opens the door to her, she's got this look. It's like not even a smile, but it's like yep. Now you get it, don't you? It's really well done.
3: And, and, and reportedly, he had to, you know, Swayze campaigned uh, for her to get that role. That that Zucker didn't want her for some reason. Oh, and um, and I'm hard pressed to imagine who else from that time period they would have been looking at. <laughs> who who, who could you have? You know, they, who? Uh,
1: they were looking at uh, Jack Hay from that fucking show Two Two Seven. Oh you yeah, that, you that voice. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, that's actually not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, but like, but like, obviously, someone would have been like, "Well, how about the much more successful and famous and, and more talented <laughs> actor?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, Whoopi was like
2: a legit star at this point. They're doing comic yeah, yeah. relief with Robin Williams, Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah, she was in a lot of movies. She
1: was like a top of the world already before this movie. But Written yeah. as, a, I mean, written as a. Um, 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 person of color which you got to give it credit to and first time in 50 years that a uh, uh, black woman got a best supporting actor actress oscar so yeah i totally support it uh, is it kind of bothersome that the only like you've got the if they're all white people of course and like i don't know what this like shady scheme is they got going on in the beginning but it's it's essentially white people trying to get help from Minority people in the movie with Willie Lopez and Oda May. so there's some of that that doesn't sit that well with me. Yeah, uh, but you know,
3: yeah. Rick, uh, shout out to Rick Aviles as um, Wiki as as Willie Lopez. He's an uh, actual yeah. Puerto Rican Puerto Rican stand up comedian. Does he seem like a stand up comedian? That's what he started oh, off he's as. Fucking scary. Uh, <laughs> I know. He's scary as fuck. Uh, God rest him. He he, he passed in uh, like shortly after this movie. But uh, oh. I thought he, I thought he did a really good job. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 you're right. There is something uh, going on with with race in this movie that's a little not comfortable. Yeah, well, there's um, actually
2: something legitimate though. I would argue because like Wolfie Goldberg's, I believe she had an influence in this because there's a lot of commentary in her character about. Him being white and mm-hmm. white people mm-hmm. and being like anti that, like, hey, you know, yeah, black people deserve funny. more credit. I, yeah. It is. It's so that part of it is. I, I believe she right. probably had some type of influence on the script or sure. ad libbing. And it way also kind
3: of makes sense for, um, for like some white guy like um, stock broker whatever the fuck he is banker uh corrupt dude to be oh, like what? i don't know i'll just fucking contact the closest puerto rican i know like you know that like he, nice. he, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> why would not he got the
2: mr Balastrali's like henchman to do it, like, it hey dude somebody fucked up and i need he, a henchman he stat he didn't
3: you know? want did to know how how bad it was i guess whatever his name is the belisarius memo whatever it was the belisarius <laughs> <Dude>. memorandum <laughs> how about
2: that That's phone call he gets saying, about man. hey i got a portfolio thing at six you want to be there from some random guy it has nothing to do with the plot <laughs> and it's in the movie i'm like why is this in the movie It has nothing to do with anything
3: very it's, weird it just shows how that he's slipping because he's like because he thinks this mr whatever the fuck
1: oh okay okay so, yes. you're very precise. i'll give you credit
3: that's another thing
1: like uh when you start to look back at this this call and like whatever the hell this like drug mon- money laundering deal is uh <laughs> like that th- this ain't over like um like, I don't know why they think this is so tied up and Sam can go back into the light like she's not safe. If this is a four million dollar like drug money deal gone wrong and Carl's like the conduit that they know is responsible for the safe delivery of this this money. Th- this isn't over. Whoever he's talking to <laughs> and whoever this boss is, they're coming back and they're going to fucking kill
3: Molly. She's going to be joining <laughs> Sam soon. Wait, how would they be able to connect it to Molly or Odame?
1: Well, through like I'm sure that like you know uh, Carl was like screwed up and like he fucked up and whoever he hired knows about like the yeah. same he department said. and the, the murder of this guy like th- this organization knows like like where the, the two like, guys in the updates. same corporation
2: died and they see this money issue I bet they it's not over
3: he does yeah. die upstairs from her apartment I guess but I, I don't know I mean I think that they had I think they'd have a hard time connecting it to to Molly or or what I made myself. You don't know the mob, man. bro.
1: You have no Kaiser's idea. Kaiser Skoday killed entire it. generations for less. Molly's well, fucked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's a myth. <laughs> uh, you know, the movie ends. I think we're supposed to just go with it and be like, everything's fine. Uh, Whoever the fuck this guy was is not going to matter anymore, I guess. Okay. So, uh, ghost two. Did you want a ghost
1: two? <laughs> yeah. So here's one for you. Um, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to bring it up or not. <gasps> Do you think it would have been better if, you know, how Sam goes into Oda May and like we see like what you wouldn't actually see, which is Oda May like kind of kissing and having this tender scene with Molly? Do you think it would have been maybe a a, a little bit better to show like the interconnectivity of all three of these characters if we actually saw Whoopi Goldberg,
3: you know, kiss? I thought that since Did I was I mean? a kid that there should be more interspersion between like they should show kind of like Molly with, with both. Why more. not? Yeah, well, I think they were probably afraid of making it look too lesbianic. Yeah. But, uh, is that a word I can use? I don't know. But, uh, uh yeah. But who knows that, I what got cut out? Who knows what actually happened? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah who knows? But uh, Basic Instinct
1: came out two years after this. So
3: I don't know. That's true. That's true. Bag <laughs> shots were just around the corner. Paul yeah, of a
1: Ghost would have been a different story. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe they wanted to keep
2: it, uh, I mean, it, it's supposed to be a borderline family film which is i don't think it is but they're trying to i, I think mean it was are. for
3: everybody it was, it was i think they were deliberate in their pg-13 rating you know and it, and it was i mean this is a movie that was loved by senior citizens down to kids i mean people were watching it at every age group <laughs> carl's death
1: is fucking brutal for pg-13 i don't know how the hell they yes. got away with that. the thumb yeah, the, so, the, yeah. the
3: webbing of the thumb running down yeah. the fucking glass shard gets me every Dang. time every <laughs> it's time it's ridiculous Ugh.
2: It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Let's have a violent, violent death, but no nudity ever. It's just that this country is so stupid. God yeah. damn it, Hollywood. You've got issues still. That's never going to change. But.
3: Well, how about um, Willie Lopez's death with the... Oh, sh- well, it's
2: terrifying. Those noises are terrifying. Those noises still, are terrifying. According still. to
3: IMDB's, you know... Trivia shit, which is the, I, for God's sake, I wish this shit was like had some sort of citation so I could like verify it. But according <laughs> to that, that's babies, like babies' cries, like slowed yeah. down in reverse. But it yep. is so scary. It doesn't even matter that the rotoscoping... Does, that It sucks. It's like the worst part of the movie is, is those creatures, those demon creatures. Like we well can yeah. see their eyes and like skull faces. Like it looks like those things that pick up the Highlander at the end of Highlander. And it's like, <laughs> eh, not good. Um, but the premise is scary, right? Yes. Stuff, stuff coming out of the shadows and dragging you into the shadows. And that sound scape that they create is yeah, fucking is scary yeah, um so it's that so. whole comeuppance of both of these villains of what of like of watching willie get terrified in otome's apartment then killed and then watching um uh carl get terrified and then and then you know both of them are like you know in a classic disney kind of way with like the, the protagonist is not directly responsible for their deaths yet they die anyways but whatever um yeah. so satisfying these these comeuppances
2: for me yeah, I, yeah okay I, I can see that that's true but what about first time i think i ever saw steven root in a movie right yeah, yeah maybe yeah,
1: yeah
2: i couldn't think of a previous engagement so that was cool <laughs> yeah. he was doing a steven root thing a little more subdued than usual but it was nice to see steven root get a get a role in this film good mm-hmm. job would, steven
3: i'm proud of you we like you steven would you
1: watch a prequel about uh if whether or not the vincent chiavelli character actually was pushed or if he committed suicide
3: Yes, 100% yes. I would read fan fiction about that. His whole story has always <laughs> been fascinating to me. It's so I want subtle. more. I've always wanted more of his character.
1: It's one of the best training montages in a movie and it's only like 4 or 5 minutes long. I
3: know, I know it is. I agree completely.
1: Uh
2: you know, going back to what you guys said about The film, I I think it's cool what Demi Moore said. You know, she said it's a love story and it's a guy, a dead guy trying to save his wife. And there is a comedy part. But really, really, it's a love story. And I thought, wow, this is really a recipe for disaster. It's either going to be really something special, really amazing or really an absolute bust. So that's interesting to, you know, when you talk about taking roles and how... Scripts will play out. You never know a lot of times, right? People are weird. Dude. We're all weird in our receptions of films. But I think there's a really good point to that because they're like you guys laid it out in the beginning of the show. This movie has a lot of different concepts coming into one. But as we'll get to the end of the show here, make our choices. We'll find out if it worked or not.
1: But You've got an Oscar winning script by Detroit's own Bruce Joel Rubin, who that same year writes Jacob's Jacob. Ladder, one of the best horror movies of the 20th century. Amazing.
3: And they went on and did my life which is also really yeah. good but to get back oh, to Demi and her little life. boy haircut um, yeah um, <laughs> oh, Demi okay. like, so the role of Molly supposedly was and they were looking at Michelle Pfeiffer they were looking at Madonna they were looking like at every major big person at that time and trying to and trying to find out who, who they wanted it didn't they, there was like some uncertainty about Demi but you know what Demi did supposedly that um, that got her the role and what and I, as I'm watching the, the last thing I wrote my last note Demi a good crier. She's able to somehow magically just a single tear and then a single tear. Like she does it like three times throughout the movie. There's no there's nobody like coming in and, and doing eye drops like and then they're cutting to it. because That's like what happening. I was wondering
2: about. I was obsessed with that.
3: It's happening during the scene and she's able to just like she's able to just let her eyes like well up and then spill. supposedly that's what got her the role. I mean, I mean, yeah. obviously she's, she's really talented. I think this is some of the best work that she's done, personally. Um, and and uh, that haircut, I love it. I can't lie. I think she looks Beautiful. fucking amazing in this movie. Of course um, she does. But those, but like, like you know, when she's crying and stuff, like it's hard not to get like emotional just, yeah. just looking at. it.
1: In her. in the precinct, more so for me than even at the very end when you know she's so feels so isolated and she's got no one even appreciating her uh, ideas. Uh, amazing so you know she's peter now where in the hell is she
3: she was in something recently yeah, yeah she's still working it's over it's, not a, oh. yeah, it's just not fun anymore it's not fun anymore it used to be uh, fun
2: but you know uh she's she raised they raised their kids and stuff and now their kids are growing up they're probably focusing on rumor willis's career
3: Ah, well, I mean, yeah. she's still working. She was in that Songbird that came out recently, which I have no fucking interest whatsoever <laughs> in watching Christ. a Michael Bay COVID movie. <laughs> let me give you, oh, let me, let me real quick. She's been working. From t-
2: 2017 prior. Have you seen Blind?
3: No. no I'm not have gonna you seen see Rough Blind. Night,
2: Wild Oats, what? Forsaken, what? Very Good what? Girls? What? LOL.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's been working. I've not seen any of these fucking right. movies or yeah. heard of most of them. You know, uh, Margin Call, see, back in 2011. Yeah, Margot, oh, yeah, she was yeah.
2: great in that. That was 2011, though. Yeah, Mr. Brooks, 2007. So yeah, it's been a. I would she say the last decade down. was slower for her career. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah,
3: but she's also yeah. produces, doesn't she? I believe she's also produced. Yeah, that's
2: a whole other aspect of her life. You know, she's she's a. I hope she's a power player. She should be still. She has a family full of Hollywood type people, and you know the whole Ashton Kutcher thing. You know, she's lived a lot of Hollywood lifestyles. So produced that
3: much anymore. So she produced a <laughs> miniseries called Dirty Diana, though. What starred her? <gasps>
2: Wow. 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 Okay. Demi, get on that, Demi? you know, Demi, uh, I miss you, Demi. I know life is huff, tough and things get difficult and I really you hope you're busted. having a life that you deserve still. I really do.
3: You're in luck. I, I hear she me. likes younger men.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking to that point, I, I, I love Patrick Swayze so much. I mean, he's so, he's just so tender and he's genuinely fucking romantic. There's no two yeah. ways about it, but he, he decided to just spend more time with his family. And after, Point Break into Wong Fu. He just kind of went into the ether. Same. What a and great year! No, point and Break shit.
2: the same year. That's a fucking great year. Those
1: are two movies I, that are. I just I wish watch. we could have had a I few know. more leading roles from him because he he was such a great leading man.
3: Yeah, I do wish. I wish that he had done a like. Right about when he stepped away from the camera, you know, is probably when I would have been most interested in what he could have done. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him get into some weirder and different kind of roles. <laughs> I think that he's a lot better actor than I gave him credit for for most of my life.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, when Especially when I was younger, I, yeah. I pretty much dismissed him. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's <laughs> yeah. just like a pretty face, pretty can't face. do shit. But when he did Donnie Darko, that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. No, I, just because of the fact of the movie he was in, though, it wasn't right. even so much his role,
3: right? But go back and watching th- and watching this last night, I'm like, man, he's really fucking amazing in this yeah. throughout this whole movie. I would not have been surprised yeah. if he had been nominated as it well. Would, like, to
1: to just stand there and observe, observe mostly for two hours, it, it can't be easy, and to make it not just stale after a while is yeah. is huge.
2: I just wish uh, you imagine how many cigarettes him and Vincent Chevelly smoked off camera, like between takes oh, and stuff. Oh, come on, seriously. That's they both died of oh, lung,
3: lung cancer. Yes, yeah. they both
2: did. That's or a fact. Drag. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, Swayze, had that one drag. Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Swayze was doing the Bozo movies and then he switched gears with this. So he really made some wise choices here after Bozo House and whatever that dumb. There's a couple other. Was he in Black Rain? Was this that time? or Was that later? No, I don't I don't like dumb movie. movies where it seems like it's action oriented. Black Dog, yeah, trucker, trucker
1: thriller.
3: It? Yes, trucker thriller. I kind of want to see it.
2: There's a Kurt Russell movie. It really
3: trucker. wasn't that bad.
1: <laughs> I want to <a> see Black <laughs> Dog. Checking
2: in. <laughs> uh, uh Anything else we didn't cover before we come to a conclusion on this, gentlemen?
3: Oh man, uh, let me think.
2: I want to make sure everyone got their proper credit here. Yeah, Ghost, 1990. Yeah, I'm- lots good, of good
3: i mean i'll, I'll one last nod to uh, jerry zucker because we haven't talked about him you know he he uh did you know co-directed airplane and 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 top secret and or was it um that's top secret it was yeah uh, no
2: it was top secret
3: um so you know he he, he mostly did this is this is the first time he directed something on his own and uh some of his imagery is a little heavy-handed you know the giant um uh like vase thing covered with a white sheet in the beginning like oh this just looks like a ghost in the middle of the room just waiting you know or like (laughs) the angel being like ascending like some of the some of us a little (laughs) heavy-handed but i think i think that there's some genuinely good and interesting shots throughout the movie um like um the way that's framed like when he chases when uh, swayze chases Avila uh down the street after he's shot and like he comes back and like just like the the and or like when um he's or when Swayze's running down the escalator there's like these great like uh forced perspective shots throughout the movie i think i think he's actually like a really much better director than i ever fucking noticed uh i also hadn't maybe looked as closely but you know props to him for for this for this movie he he says and rightly so that the screenplay is what makes this movie ultimately like that's this is like a really really well done like tight script, um, yeah. But, this
2: is totally out of character for him. He did Ruthless People. He directed yeah. Ruthless People, and he directed her, First yeah. Night, 1995. Yeah, Sean yeah, he and first night. And then he closed it out with Rat Race. I mean, those are just
3: <laughs> none of the all those movies have something Fair. in
2: common except not Ghost. Ghost is the outlier in all of his directorial. Yeah, well,
3: Ghost and First so. Night, like, are. i I saw. I watched you know, First Night
2: a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I didn't even mention it though because it was so stupid. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's not his fault though. Not his fault. Some good shots in that movie.
1: You got a gorgeous score by Maurice Jarre. And the effects, you know, God bless the film. I mean, clearly, like, every, every time they show Patrick Swayze and he looks like like animated blob, you know he's about to do something. Yeah. But I, I can forgive it.
2: I didn't think it was that bad. I, You know, looking at some of it, it was solid, actually. I'm like, oh, you know, it's solid. Like, yeah. when he's swinging at people and missing in certain spots, it doesn't look fake. To me. When it looks fake is on the train, and that's not their fault because things right. are dated. And they're, But, like but there
3: was, you know. Not bad. When he's chasing Willie Lopez up the stairs and like and like trying to grab him around the legs and stuff, like that that actually looks decent. There's you know that, yeah. you you can't I mean you're right, you can tell when the something's penny, about to happen. like you said, the keyboard strokes
2: good. and all the writing on the mirror and all that stuff, that looks solid. Yeah, I think. What was that? they did it.
3: The
1: pe- way when he does the thing with the penny and the pennies floating towards Molly, that's fucking looks awesome. Two tears. Yeah. Molly two tears. <laughs> <laughs> I have two tiers, well, one for each. You know, of
2: you. I, th- I think we've covered Ghost in fair amount of detail. The amount of detail we usually do on the show, we don't do three hours, but it's time to uh, Let's close it, it out.
3: Oh, Let's yeah, talk about Ghost right? longer than Ghost, like yeah. three times well, as long as we, Ghost is.
2: We could break it down minute by minute. We certainly <laughs> could. Um, Travis, you chose this movie, so why don't you lead it off?
3: You know, um, I. I typically these days try and pick movies that I am unsure of whether or not I'm going to feel like they hold up. That's my, that's my approach. And, and, you know, um, am I still going to think it's a good movie? That's what holding up means to me. Um, so I was, uh, I was definitely curious about this one. I could, I could, I really felt like it could go either way. I'm like, I thought this was a great movie once upon a time. But I could see it being cheesy as fuck and just missing the mark. And I, you know, I was ready for it to go either way. And you know what? I was entranced uh, from beginning to end with this movie. I, I, I think it holds up way more than I expected it to. Like it's a significantly better movie than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to, I thought maybe i would be like, yeah, you know, it's, it's more than just the pottery scene. It's decent. Like, but no, I think it's, I like it's a fucking, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. And uh, if it's been a long time since you've watched it, you should, you should watch it again. I and mean, it's probably, you know, it's been out for 31 years, so it probably hasn't, you know, you you probably haven't watched it on anything but on VHS. So it's time. Check it out again. <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> it holds Ghost? up. Uh,
1: yeah, Mike. I mean, what can you say, dude? It's 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 just so that's why I check in every year because it's just so fun to watch. Travis, you nailed it right in that second act this is where movies once like you get over like the like the deal and what's going on that's where they start to lag and in a supernatural story like this this is where usually like you have to go like check in with like father damien so he can explain what's going on (laughs) here we switch over to comedy and we start to have fun with the premise and it's a testament to this fucking fantastic script it's a great mystery It's hilarious. There's thrills, romance, drama. You got the fun training sequence and it's hard to balance all these elements. But this is a great example of how you can mash up genres and get away with it. I love the performances. Uh, It's romantic as hell. Just so sweet. Great message. It's a blockbuster of the highest order. And it's 30 fucking 31 years later, it still completely holds up, guys.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Network, you watched, Travis, and how it had different elements of all kinds of different movies, and this movie does it. This movie's not Network, I'm not saying that, but it's, I didn't even consider how it had all these different genres. It wasn't something on my mind, but you guys are absolutely right about that. It's a fun movie. It's fun. Debbie Moore is beautiful, and I love her little boy haircut. I don't care what dear he says, and Gorgeous. She just does a really good job of, you know, being in pain in this movie. She's in pain, but she's hopeful, too. She does a good Bet-ching. job of balancing that and hoping for the best and then also facing reality. And Patrick Swayze is great now, like we said during the show. Thought he was overhyped or just a pretty boy when I was younger, but come to respect his career a great deal. And the fact that he died young, eh, I'll be honest, I give him a little more credit. I feel bad for him. I wish we would have had another, I wish we would have had like a late Twilight Swayze run of movies to see what he would have been like. He probably would have looked just as good at 70 years old, but there's no reason to be too pissed about this movie because in the end, Whoopi Goldberg is the glue, in my opinion, she's the glue that makes this jumble around work, the rotation of the different genres. She's able to keep it together, as I think you mentioned earlier in the show. So yeah, hold up. It's good times. This is a fun movie. It's fun. You know, you don't have to take it too seriously. And. You might actually get emotional, too. but I did. Great.
3: Pick. I teared up. I we didn't get one, any crying down, pictures seat, in the text thread. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they weren't, they weren't photogenic tears. They were just, you know, tears. None of our photos were photogenic, were they? Good Lord. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all awesome. of us are ugly criers for the right. Yes.
2: Uh, most people are. They won't admit it. Uh, <laughs> Except Debbie <laughs> Moore. She's a beautiful crier. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sorry, yeah.
3: Just
2: uh, three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. There it is. It's an easy sweep. Ghost, 1990, holds up. Very well done. If you like the movie, you should watch it again. And if you like our show, you should give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Sub our YouTube channel. It's easy to do. Cinema 9 Pod. We're available. All of our old shows. You can argue with us by leaving comments, too. We will respond to those comments. If you guys thought of something that we didn't, that's good for us because it'll help us do shows better next time. There's always things we could probably include that we forget. We're only human, even though there's three of us. Having said that, Eric Brancham, it's your turn to select next week's film. I turn it over to you.
1: Mike, I'm going into the 2000s just for you, buddy. because I know how <laughs> hey! you react about the 90s. So we're going to be talking about a film that the poster was on everybody's wall. And yet I don't hear much about it at all. I don't hear anything about it at all. OK, you got a script from two powerhouse screenwriters, David McKenna, American History X and Nick Cassavetes Fallen. Oh. Uh, com- a completely capable director, and yet I don't hear anything about this anymore. It's a a movie about Coke by a Coke fueled director Ted Demi.
2: Oh Blow. boy, because
3: he, he just died. Is that why you're doing this? <laughs> well, Blow Demi 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 died like two, twenty years ago. No, you uh,
2: George Young died last week, I think. So oh, so Blow the main character.
3: Yeah. All right. I didn't know he died. Blow.
2: Blow. Penelope Cruz. Blow.
3: Yeah. All right.
2: That was a double whammy that year of Blow. And Vanilla Sky for Penelope Cruz, introduced to me anyway. True. So.
3: true. It's a big year for her. <laughs> well, right. yes. 2001, is that correct? Yeah, I yeah. believe it was
2: 2001. Um, yeah. Blow Johnny Depp when he was right. still king
1: of Hollywood. Yeah, that's Johnny. true. All right, we'll talk about I am a little this worried a about this, this is a good choice.
2: This uh, is a good choice. I've seen this movie a billion times, but I don't think I've seen it in a while. So good call. Sounds like fun. Okay. You know? All right. I, I like cocaine. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that on you
1: did, Paul Rubens, remember? Come on now. Yeah.
2: Okay, Bozo Paul Rubens. I, I got a lot. Yeah. yeah. Bobcat, Paul Rubens, yeah. a lot of bozos oh, yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, fucking right. Ethan Suppley, tons of bozos yeah, in this movie. Right. So, yes, we're going to get into all that next week join us for blow and you can watch the movie ahead of time and then join us with a live stream anytime well actually it's quite literally thursday evening around seven fifteen p.m not eastern anytime. time it's not anytime but not it is live. available anytime once we record it that's true so yeah i what? think that'll do it everybody that will do you <laughs> oh i hope we don't do that movie i don't want to do that movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting that out there now all right there it is thanks everybody we'll get you guys out of here and uh you know enjoy your lives Sam we.
1: Sam Wee!